This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What's up, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show, where we are redefining what it means to be spiritual in the modern world. I'm your host, Sade Simone. I'm a mystic, an artist, transformational speaker, two-time best-selling author, currently working on my third book, but I'm really late, but we'll get there at some point, and also the creator of the Somatic Activated Healing Method. And guess what? Today's guest is just you and me, honey. (laughs) Listen, in today's episode, we're going to be exploring trance states through spiritual embodiment. This was recorded live in my membership portal, and it was so fire, so deep, so good, so awakening for so many people that I was like, okay, we got to share this with the world, honey. It is necessary. We have looked at trans states with our stinky eye for too long. We have to bring back this euphoric, ecstatic state into our lives. And in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about it. I mean, you're going to be hearing me talk about this in this Dharma workshop that was in the membership portal. So you're going to be listening to a recording of of this live experience uh, through the point of view of dance. So there's a lot of ways to enter a state of trance, but in what we're going to share um, today, it's through the point of view of dance. Can dance lead us to liberation? Can dance help us to heal? Can the trans state be the gateway to a plane of liberation, healing, where we are able to have connection with all the holy beings? Find out. Love you. Enjoy the episode. Your thinking process is co-created with the thinking process of the world. If the vast majority of the world believes X, Y, and Z about X, Y, and Z, sorry, brothers and sisters and queers of the light, you will too. Unless you take these moments to break free and start to allow a whole new way of experiencing reality to make itself known to you through these practices that crack the cold, you know, that crack you out of this bullshit. Are we communicating? Is this landing? Are we arriving somewhere? Yeah? Okay, good. So what are trans states? I pulled some quotes from indigenous cultures from around the world. It's very important to also know that before industrialized, before um, the industry of religion, you know, before the capitalistic approach to mystical states, hear me, before the capitalistic toxic approach to mystical states took a hold of the world, 
Trance states, mystical states, were the norm. Were the norm. They were something that we cultivated. You know, we, we used to come together for it. You know, we danced into trance. We sang into trance. We created into trance. Now, with the world that, with the ways that the elite, what does that mean? People with more privilege, right? They were the ones who actually wrote the history books. You didn't hear the folk mother and in the, in the slums of India, the magician, the witch, the legendary healer in a tiny little Himalayan village. You didn't hear, she didn't write the book that we are now, you know, indoctrinated and socialized into believing. Are we communicating? The elite throughout history were the ones who have written what we know today. But when you look under the hood and you realize, oh, wow, it's probably a group of white men that got together and wrote the shit. Hey, honey, <laughs> they laughed out. They left us all out. Queer people, female identified people, you know, brown, black. They are like, no, we know better. So it's important to like not go into like, you know, shame spiral, blame spiral, guilt spiral around it. Fuck it. This is why y'all here to learn something new, to know that trance has always happened across the world. And we'll talk a little bit more historical points, but I just want you to give you the, just a tiny little bit of context. So you start to understand that it's not that we're talking about something that's new. It's not that we're talking about something that is, um, um, that only happened in far in between people here and there. No, it's important to know that trends has been the backbone of how humans created so much of what we're inspired by today. So much of what's beautiful about life. So much about what's, what's you know, like paradoxical about life. Trends gives us the capacity to hang in that space where beauty and pain can exist, you know? So important to know that. And it's also important to know that in today's class, I will not be focusing on trends through other practices. Um, like, you know, there is a lot of ways of achieving the trend state, but because the backbone of the work that I'm doing and all of the certified teachers of the method and the and the path that we're creating, we are here to dance people into trends. We are here to dance people into trends. So what we're going to be talking about is entering a state of trends through ritualized dance practices, okay? However, it's important to know for your own research, for your own life, that trends can be um, entered into through a variety of different ways, you know? Um, are we following? Yeah. Okay. So here's some of the, some of the uh, quotes that I pulled together and I try to do a good job from getting people from all over the world to give you like a, a global view. So this is an Indonesian shamanic saying, 
in the ecstasy of sur- of excuse me in the ecstasy of surrendering to the rhythm the spirits are awakened and we become one with a divine energy that surrounds us this right here is a very important aspect of state of trance it's feeling connected to all things and all people all at once when people ask me what is the greatest gift of 10 years of spiritual practice? Depending who's asking, I say this or that. But the truth of it is feeling deeply connected to people. Feeling deeply connected because the vast majority of us, I think the biggest sickness of the world is apathy. You know, we are so apathetic. We're so disconnected. We are unwilling to get to know our neighbors, our friends, in, in deep, intimate ways. You know, we're unwilling to, to go to the edge of feeling awkward for the sake of connection. And feeling connected to all people and all things is the greatest gift. And it's, it's also a real deep practice because at any moment, we are navigating the waves that we are all navigating, you know happy, sad, inspired, depressed, you know? How do we navigate all of it without preference, without rigidity, without holding on, without craving? This is the work of spiritual embodiment, okay? That is the work of spiritual embodiment is to get you to that plane, all right? So, and this is different than feeling like calling yourself an empath. Oh, I feel everybody's feelings. This is a deep connection to unseen forces. This is a deep connection to nature spirits. This is a deep connection to the birds, the wind, to the sky, to the sun. Deep connection to everything that is all around us. You know, it's a sense of belonging. And it can sound a little ineffable and a little bit like, okay, cute, look, I know we're we're all one, unity consciousness. I'm not talking about that, sisters and brothers and queers of the light. Yeah, there's an aspect of that to it. But I'm talking about it, it moves me to the point of tears on a regular basis, you know, that I could literally be like, wow. We're all in the shit of an experience together. Damn, that's rough, honey. That's rough. And then, wow, all of you motherfuckers were put on the, on the wake-up list today. Me too. <gasps> we're blessed. You know, that, that is what I'm speaking about. Feeling connected to that. Okay? Okay. <clears throat> now, this is an African shamanic saying and there's no specific african region east africa west africa south or north africa um i mean not, north africa will come a little later because we have uh morocco here but <clears throat> in africa in its main sort of domain up into today you know regardless of how how much uh missionaries have tried to uh destroy indigenous um, communities of Africa, they still trans the fuck out, you know? They still trans the fuck out and they still do not give a fuck if the white people think it's, it's crazy because they know, they know 
something that we don't know. And now here we are trying to find out, you know, we're socializing ourselves into a new way of being. Okay. So here's what he says. When the drum calls, we enter the sacred space of trance where the spirits speak through us, guiding and healing the community. When the drum calls, we enter the sacred space of trends, where the spirits speak through us, guiding and healing the community. I love this because it, it, it really speaks to something that I notice so often. It's going to make a note where we left off so I can give you some downloads on this one. You know, in the somatic activated healing work, Oftentimes what I'm doing is I'm bringing these deep, dark beats, these tribal drums, this kind of music that elicit movement. And sometimes that movement is dark and ugly and monster-like and scary. And it's really interesting just to watch. And I say interest because I'm being sweet and kind and graceful. And simultaneously, it's fucking annoying to watch. You know, I'm like, literally shut the fuck up, get fucking moving. And I'm also like, you know, I'm your teacher. So I'm loving you through it. But I'm also like in the human experience with you, like, bitch, the the freer you get, the freer we can all get. Freedom is relational. It's required. Get free, bitch, so I can get free too. You know, that, that part. So I watch. When the drum kicks into the room, when the beat enters the room, and I notice people who are either like, okay, go there, you know, move me, move through me, let the past unravel out of me, let the burdens of the old move through me and out of me, let me give voice to my past without words, let me give voice to my past without words. Let my body communicate all the ways that I didn't have a chance to communicate through the dance. And I don't see people doing that. And I get on the mic, honey, and I'm screaming at the people. Literally, look at me at the rehab center two weeks ago. (laughs) I mean, granted, um, the person who filmed that, um, I think they're here today. They did a fantastic job at capturing the, the, the beautiful moments. And it was a beautiful class. And, and I don't have that kind of like um, capacity to do when, when we are on Zoom online. But this right here, when the drum calls, do you follow? Do you hear? Do you listen? Do you listen to the call of the drum? It's a, it's a prehistorical calling. It's an archaic calling. And not archaic as, as bad and old and shouldn't look at that. It's like, do you listen and do you follow? Are you that person that when the music plays at the supermarket, you, you give it a little, mm, mm, it turns your best friend and you're like, mm, 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 like, or are you that person who's like, don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? And you just like whisper under your breath, but you don't like, don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? You don't give it. If you don't give it, that's part of you not following the call of the drum. Are we communicating y'all? This is what it takes for freedom to take place. 
Are we communicating? So when the drum calls, do you follow? Do you listen? Do you let yourself be guided? And I'm that the example of that song isn't like the best example, but it is a great example because it really, you know, like how often do I allow myself to, to move when the body wants to be moved, when the past wants to be given voice and not the story of the past, but the movement of the past. In somatic activated healing, in the work of our, of our somatic philosophy that we have co-created here from the trend state, we are not engaging in the stories of the past. We're engaging with the feeling tone, with the texture of the past. And we're giving it a, um, a nonverbal story through movement. And when we give our past non-verbal, non-conceptualized, non-storified capacity to move through our bodies and out of our bodies, that creates the, the, the bridge into a state of trance. Are we communicating? Are we tracking? Okay. So <clears throat> this is the Sufi tradition. In the whirling of the dervishes, we lose ourselves and we find the divine. The dance becomes a prayer, a path to enlightenment. In the whirling of the dervishes, we lose ourselves and we find the divine. The dance becomes a prayer, a path to enlightenment. We lose ourselves and find the divine. This is a very important topic, and I'm going to go over it in detail later. I'm just kind of creating context for you guys to understand what we're doing here. <clears throat> what do we lose when we say we're losing ourselves? What do we say? What does that mean? The fixed ideas of who we are. Conditioning, ego, stories, individuation, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. These are all uh, these are all students who have been practicing this for a long time. So it's kind of like doesn't count, y'all. But thank you. Keep it coming. <laughs> if y'all motherfuckers didn't know this shit, I'll be mad. But you know, because you know. But listen, it's good that you that you're reminded of this stuff. What we lose. It's all of this, all of this. And also, there's something to be said about this. To enter to a state of trance, being embodied is the, is the first step. And then this embodying is the next step. So first becoming embodied, and then this embodying. And the disembodiment is not that you are no longer um have a body or have yourself. All that still exists in relative level. But there's something that happens around the rigidity and the fixedness and the solidity of who you are and the way you see yourself on the world that falls away. You really become nobody. And I've spoken about this before, briefly as we got into the class, but when I tell that I feel deeply connected to every single thing 
the connection that I feel is not conditioned. It's not my opic. It's not, uh, it's not circumstantial. It's not, um, it's not like colonized and socialized. It's something that surpasses all belief systems. It's gnosis, you know, it's a gnosis, a deep inner knowing that in Buddhism, we, in the Christian sort of Judeo-Christian um, literature, they call it a gnosis. In the Buddhist world, we, we call it spontaneous arising. It's a quality of shunyata. It's a quality of emptiness. It's a realization that we only exist in context of each other that we only exist as a social body, that we only exist interdependently, not independently. That's hard to hear. It's hard to hear sometimes. And so we lose ourselves and find the divinity and that connection that I'm, that I'm seeing, that I, I'm deeply connected to all people, that's what I'm speaking about. It's feeling so deeply connected to all people that I don't know where I end and where they begin. The boundaries that separate us fade away. That's the work that we're trying to arrive at. However, hear me out. A lot of you haven't had a chance to actually claim yourself and claim your experience. And from one side, it's like, yeah, that fucking sucks, right? Because it's it's good to know who you are. It's good to know your preferences. It's good to know uh, what you like and what you don't like. It's good to know <laughs> what sets you free or keeps you in, in, in an inflammatory, toxic state. And once you get to know all of that, then the, the rigidity and the fixedness and the solidity of all that has to start to loosen. Or when someone says, do you eat... Um, Thai food, and you have historically said no. And you're like, yeah, it's that simple. It's to that place. It's to that place. You know, it's to that place where we are actually testing our edge. You know, Ram Das says that, you know, he's been sober for God knows decades. You know, he passed, but towards the end of his father's life, his father was dying, so he stopped teaching to go spend time with his father. And Ram Das is one of the greatest mystics that ever, that's ever lived, you know, brought so much uh, intuition and wisdom into the Western world, right? He trained in the East and in, in the North of India with Nimkaroli Baba, an amazing mystic, one that had these like emanation bodies, played tricks in society. It was like a true riot of a mystic, you know, would be appear in three different places at the same time. People would be like, what is even happening? How are you here and there and there? You know, people were just like, what is going on? He was a, a riot and I love riots naturally. So <clears throat> Randa says, and I'm giving you an idea about becoming nobody, about, about um, we lose ourselves and we find the divine. His dad is dying. He goes to spend time with his dad and he's been sober and, and a vegetarian for decades. His dad, all he wanted to do with him was drink a glass of champagne and eat oysters. Do you think Ram Dass said, no, I'm not going to eat oysters. I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat, you know, animals. Or you think I'm going to drink champagne with you? No, I'm sober. Fuck that. That's, these are bad things. That's the call to lose yourself. That's the call to lose 
yourself. Does it make sense? That's the call that you got to learn how to make. How do you make that? Not after a class like this and all of a sudden you just got weight. You just woke up. You know, your awakening happened during COVID. You're not ready for that. Trust me. If you just cracked the code during COVID, honey, you got a couple more years to go, at least before your rigidity and your preferences <clears throat> could start to dissolve a little bit. But navigate that line, navigate that line with more flexibility, you know, navigate the lines with a little bit more flexibility. So this is, we lose ourselves when we find the divine. That is the divine. In the Sufi saying, in the whirling of the dervishes, we lose ourselves and we find the divine. The dance becomes a prayer, a path to enlightenment. This is the dance that we're being called into is losing ourselves, which means what? Losing my preferences, my rigidity. And then enter into the divine. Divine is what? Connection. The first stage of experiencing divinity is connection, not intuition about a new business idea, honey. Granted, that's a cute look too, but that's not the that's not the divine that the mystics spoke about. The divine that the great saints and sages of walked earth have spoken about is the is the the awakening of deep interconnection. You know, deep interconnection. So that's very important thing to know. Very important thing to know. You know, and only you will know in your own life what that looks like. Are my preferences? Listen closer to this. Are my preferences setting me free or keeping me stuck? Are my boundaries setting me free or keeping me stuck? Can I enter the state of trance where I become nobody and then nobodiness and orients my somebodiness? Are we communicating? Write that shit down. I don't even know what I just said, but it was fierce. Next. This is a Native American saying. So Native American, it's usually uh, uh, speaking to North American tribes, right? Trance is the gateway to the realm of the ancestors, where wisdom and guidance are bestowed upon us. Trends, the gateway to the realm of the ancestors, where wisdom and guidance are bestowed upon us. Okay, this one, there's many ways to interpret and what I also want to say is that in the context of trends that I am teaching today, we are not speaking about possession. Okay. In the realm of trends, it's very known to, and you've heard people say this before. And one of our uh, teachers, um, Anna Scott said this in a, in a Zoom meeting with all the teachers for the membership the other day. She says, let go and let God. And I love that. And also there's danger in that space, right? And danger in that space because we oftentimes, because of the ways we're living, because of the ways that we are creating, self-producing ourselves and our future and in our present moment, um, and the consequence of our of how we've been producing ourselves, our present moment shows up in X, Y, and Z ways. And and if you open up to a more esoteric view of, of unseen beings existing in, this, in the world of the seen, then when we open ourselves up to the trend state and we're speaking to our ancestors, one could download that information. One could speak to that information simply by saying, um, 
I had this massive insight. I had this massive change of heart. I've had this massive um, realization. It could be that simple. One could name that as like, you know, one of my ancestors came to me and spoke to me and this and this and that. Or within that realm of ancestor speaking and, and, and direct guidance from beings seen and unseen lived in this plane or unlived in this plane as we know it. Um, it in this in the space of trance, what can often happen is possession, which is something that doesn't happen unless you are allowing it to happen, and also doesn't happen um without the consent to happen. And also, if your motivation isn't clear, you know, so it's very important that when you're dancing into a state of trance, your motivation is always you know, set and clear. When I used to go with uh, my ex-boyfriend Ben to the cemetery, I would always claim, you know, the energy that we're going into the cemetery with. And I would always like, you know, establish the boundary of what was allowed and what wasn't allowed, you know? So when we are starting our dance practice into a trance, it's very important to always know this, you know? Because sometimes what we may be hearing in the state of trance, if we don't have that clear motivation, um, isn't benevolent, you know? And it's important for me to name this. And it's a little like, oh, fuck, now we have this to worry about. No. And yes. Okay. So it's, it's a little texture there. So Siberian shamanic saying. In the sacred circle of the shamanic trends, we travel to unseen realms, retrieving lost parts of ourselves and healing our souls. What I want to highlight here, retrieving lost parts of ourselves and healing our souls. Really simple way to interpret this. It's how much of your current energy, how much of your current attention is right now currently split thinking about the ex-boyfriend, thinking about lunch, thinking about that deal, thinking about this thing, thinking about that thing and that thing, this thing and that thing. Like how much of your current energy is right now in this very moment split across all planes of existence without you even being aware that you're fully split? When we enter into the trance, we are retrieving lost parts of ourselves, which means what we're calling back our energy. We're calling back our energy into our bodies. And from that place, then we can shoot up into these realms, you know? So the trance grants us that. Does that make sense? And it's something that happens naturally. It's something that happens naturally. It's something that like, as you dance into the dance, as you, as you trance from the dance, you're calling back your energy. And it's not like, let me tr- let me go into a trance because I'm so scattered. I'm so uh, not concentrated. It's not that basic, honey. But that's also, you know, it's good too. But it's not, it, it doesn't have to happen in that way. You don't have to name it. It's, it's like a byproduct of it. It's a consequence of uh, entering the trance, okay? 
My loves, I don't want to take too much time away from the episode, so just a quick break to give you some delicious information and something that's really exciting me. Listen, we have launched the Somatic Activated Healing Membership and the benefits that the members are sharing with us is so delicious. They're saying it's reduced depression and anxiety, reduced physical pain and sluggishness, increased a sense of resilience, increased joy and inspiration. Hey, we love that. Improved physical health and energy levels, improved mental health and clarity. And it's deepened their connection to authenticity and self-expression. So all this is a dream come true because I've always wanted to be able to have a sacred school, meet temple, meets dance floor. So all of this coming together, that's what the Somatic Activated Healing Membership is all about. It's helping us take responsibility for what we're carrying and time to say goodbye to the emotional baggage and time to say hello open heart. Because, you know, the body keeps the score, as we've heard this. The body holds the imprints of our past experiences. And unless you have the tools and the time to process your painful experiences as they happen, it leaves an emotional residue alive in your body, which then turns your body into inflammation, then turns your mind into chaos, therefore closes your heart. Listen, and I've gone through this experience of carrying emotional baggage, a massive heavy load for so much of my life that it was like making my body, I mean, the symptoms were wild, chest pains, cystic acne, gut issues, depression, anxiety, addiction, suicidal radiation, you name it. All of these things were symptoms of unprocessed emotional baggage. So in the Somatic Activated Healing Membership, you have access to a multitude of practices, including the ultimate mind body spiritual workout which is what you're seeing me in the doing that that looks like a, a a sort of a regular dance practice but there's an entire mathematical process happening behind which i can't wait for you to experience it for yourself in the membership you also have access to um, guided meditations master classes spiritual talks courses and live dharma workshops with me once a month Maybe I forgot to say this, but there is somatic activated healing method practices every single day live with teachers from all over the world, honey. And these are epic teachers who I have certified myself, so I fully trust them to deliver this message, to deliver this method. What we also have in the membership is a community page where you get to engage with other members. And we also have weekly inspirational prompts to get you going. So with the whole thing, this entire, you know, uh, uh, dance floor meets temple meets sacred school, the combination of all this together will give you the support to have a robust and foundational spiritual practice that, will, that could literally radically change your life. And you've heard the members, what they're saying, that it's working. So take it from what they're saying, honey. In any case, I love you very much. I hope you keep enjoying the podcast and... We're giving you a seven-day free trial to the membership. So get in there. The link is in the show notes. And um, I hope I get to see you on the dance floor. Big love to you. Peace. It's a consequence of uh, entering the trance, okay? So important to name that. <clears throat> so this is the Moroccan... Uh, Nagwa tradition, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. It's G-N-A-W-A -A tradition. 
Ganawa tradition. I'm going to say it like that. Forgive me for mispronouncing it. And he says, dance rituals transport us to a state of trance where the boundaries of the self dissolve and unity with the universe is realized. I'm reading this one to, to emphasize the fact that people from different tribes across the world in the North Americas, in the African region, in the Siberian region, in like far and wide in Indonesia, like literally in every corner of the world, we're all, they're all speaking to that same place that we're, that we're speaking about, you know, dissolving the self. And we'll get to why that's so scary in a second. Okay. This is in Brazil, Candomblé tradition. Candomblé is a Afro-Brazilian religion. It's uh, it was brought to Brazil through the during the times of uh, of, of slavery, and and it, it flourished in a really powerful way in Brazil. So, in the ecstatic rituals of the Candomblé tradition, which is drumming and dancing, and there's a, a, a lot of a lot of that. We merge with the divine energies, receiving guidance and healing from the Orishas. Orishas are the deities, right? Or the gods and goddesses, however you want to see it. Um, and this is one of the reasons why when you read my bio these days, like all of the greatest things that I've been able to create um, have all come from a state of trance, have all come from not me like thinking about the questions and hoping to answer the questions by thinking upon them or like you know, researching them out. It's all made itself known to me through the trance state. I bring the questions to the dance, you know? I bring the questions to the dance and then the answers live through me. The answers dance through me. Is this making sense? Very important that as a dance practitioner, as a trance practitioner to be, you will be bringing your questions to the dance. And sometimes, listen to this, your questions will not have an answer because you're not ready for the answer. Because you're not ready for the answer. You know, and, and a lot of times we hold back from going into a state of trance that really deeply inspired state because we're afraid to hear that kind of guidance. We're afraid to hear that kind of guidance because once we hear it, you can't unhear it. You can't unhear the fact that you have this big, powerful, bold mission and you're here to end poverty, you know, shit like that. Because the trend's going to give you some deep shit. All of a sudden you're running for mayor of your fucking town. I don't fucking know. All of a sudden you're like, working at a homeless shelter, all of a sudden you're, you know, shaving your head and like joining us up. I don't fucking know. Like it is wild what the trans guidance could, could offer your life. However, we are afraid of it. So physiologically, we hold ourselves back. So when the drum calls, we go a little bit like, we don't go womb, womb, womb. That is you holding yourself back from cracking the cold into that space, you know? Okay, so <clears throat> let's go into, write down your questions for this first part, okay? Now I want to um, speak about the sort of um, trend states through history. These are sort of historians, um, 
um, archaeologists and authors who've written beautiful things about it. So we are kind of like building some more information, you know. So Brian Fagan, who's an archaeologist and author, says trend states were an integral part of ancient religious practices, allowing individuals to transcend the boundaries of the physical world and commune with the divine. Emphasizing that point, these earlier quotes that I read to you were from shamans, wise beings, sages, witches, wizards, mystics who were living this work, who were speaking these words in their tribes. And then from that tribal language, it's it, it sort of seeped into the collective culture. And then we get to hear it now. Now we have people who have been socialized, not into trance, who have been socialized into studying trance, who have been socialized into being scared of trance. But then we have great beings who are writing beautiful things about it, who are now sparking our curiosity to re-enter that place, to be curious about that place, okay? which is very important, you know, very important because historically, as I said, the elite has pathologized, criminalized, demonized trans states. And now this resurgence of trends, it's really calling us to, to curiosity and the curiosity for the unseen, you know, for the divine, for the mystic realm. Okay, so here we go. Jean Cotes, archaeologist and prehistorian. They say ancient cave paintings and rock art suggest that altered states of consciousness, possibly induced by trends, played a significant role in the spiritual lives of our ancestors. I love hearing shit like this. I love hearing stuff like this because it's studying cave paintings we're able to see that our ancestors were already trancing the fuck out you know like seeking higher wisdom going beyond the boundaries of our fixed self going beyond the boundaries of the material world and i personally don't like the word altered states which which comes up a lot in trance I don't think it's altered state is a way to speak about trance i think it's a it's a natural state it's our baseline, it's our backbone, you know, it's, it's operating from that place. And the work begins, like, can I stabilize the, the, the wisdom from a trend state in my life? So then it's not an altered state of consciousness, it's, it's your new normal. Can that be your new normal? So that's the offering, okay? Are we communicating? Yeah? <clears throat> Jeremy Narby, an anthropologist and author, says the examination of ancient artifacts and rituals reveals a deep connection between trans states and the religious experiences of ancient civilizations. Michael Harner, anthropologist and author. By studying ancient shamanic practices and examining archaeological evidence, we gain insights into the role of trans states in facilitating healing, 
divination and spiritual transformation. Michael Harner, anthropologist and author. Um, <clears throat> if you guys want these names too. So last quote on this stuff, just to give you more like historical context for this. Mircea Eliade, historian of religion. Trend states were a fundamental aspect of the religious ceremonies of ancient cultures, serving as a means to establish communication with the spirit world. It's very important to know that before religion became industrialized, before religion became, um, um, you know, part of the toxic capitalistic, uh, you know, domain, which capitalism is good. However, there's toxic aspects of it, which is most of us are socialized into, right? Before that, um, trans states were part of Christianity, were part of the, of, of the Judeo-Christian um, uh, sects and, 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 and mystical, um, uh, paths, you know, they have just been, you know, stripped away because of fear of the kinds of information and downloads that those who were trancing through the dance into those states of deep, profound wisdom were bringing back and were sort of creating a riot and a riot in, in my vocabulary is bringing about information that was illuminating shadow aspects, bringing about information that was illuminating blind spots. It was living like a, such a bright light that wherever that person that entered into the trance walked, there was no way for you to not see your own shadow. There was no way for you to not see your own blind spots. There was no way for you to not see your own unresolved baggage okay so <clears throat> now when did the pathology patholo patholo pathologization of trend states begin there isn't like a specific date i can't tell it was like you know you know the specific date at this afternoon it wasn't like that. It's kind of has been um, happening, but there is a couple main points that I want to tell you guys. So we're all in that same realm. Stanley Stanley Krippner, psychologist and author, says the pathologization of trend states can be attributed to a fear of the unknown and a desire for social control in increasingly hierarchical societies. Why would they want the folk people to have access to the most profound wisdom? Why would they allow that? If the folk person, if your, if your local bodega owner was entering into a state of trance, in communion with the, the with the deities, in communion with the gods and goddesses, the saints, the sages, the ancestors, everything that is benevolent and holy. Why would they allow that when the guy in the fucking throne with the fucking thing and the ta 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 ta? They wouldn't want that person to have access to the wisdom of the saints and sages. So what did they do? They criminalized trend states to make sure that that kind of information was only within those to a certain socioeconomical background. However, 
We've always had fuck that shit. We're still going to go into that place because we know how and we're worthy of it. So your choice to enter a state of trance, it's your choice to say fuck to this hierarchical uh, systems and to these socioeconomical systems that's criminalizing poverty, that's pathologizing poverty and destroying our world. Are we communicating? You know? So your choice to go into the dance floor and enter into a state of trance is you literally dismantling, unraveling out of your system, unsocializing it out of your system, all the ways that this hierarchy that keeps us stuck, these these systemic oppression happens because we're all bought into it. We all bought into it that white people are better than black. That straight people are better than, than gays. We all have been socializing to that as the norm. When you go into a state of trance where all of that dissolves, this hierarchical system fades away. What are you doing? You're moving society towards the right, towards the holy, towards the benevolent. Are we communicating? So when you hear the psychologist speaking about that, it has to. It has to know, I, I pray, I hope, I wish that it, it moves you out of your comfort zone to dance into that state. So you become a beacon to this mental homophobia, racism, queer phobia. All of the things that are wrong with our society, we can dance into the answers living us. And then you're now walking as a permission slip for a new approach, for a new way of living, being, existing. Are we communicating? Is this too much? Have I lost you? We're good, we're good, we're navigating? Okay. John Ryan Hale, psychoanalyst and author. Trans states were once revered as sacred and associated with spiritual enlightenment. But with the rise of organized religions, they came to be seen as a threat to religious authorities and were subsequently pathologized. It's really important to know that before religions became institutionalized and, and capitalized and all that stuff, music and dance were part of were part of every single um, practice, every single mystical practice, you know? And it's interesting to, to read the commentary of some of the Buddhist texts that are shaming folk people for dancing, shaming folk people for, for singing. And it's in my view, this is my view. This isn't like the Buddhist doctrine speaking through me. No, but hey, girl, maybe we don't know, right? Who's talking shit? But listen, my view as a cultural commentator, as a cultural analyst, as someone who is observing reality, details and creating patterns and noticing the annoying, boring patterns that we're all, you know, living under and operating by. My view is that all these texts that are shaming trend states 
and shaming, dancing and singing. That is all because it's being filtered through the mouth of the translator. I said it and I'm not unsaying it. So that's there. Don't need to be repeated, but that. Okay, so now <clears throat> Stanley uh, Krippner, we, we, we read a quote from him earlier, psychologist and author. He says, the medical, medical, medicalization, the medicalization and the pathologization of trend states can be attributed to the influence of Western psychiatry which seeks to classify and categorize human experiences within the framework of mental disorders. Now, this is when the thing starts to get a little, this is when the dance starts to get a little, you know, a little texture, okay? You got to take this information. You got to take this information and, and be with it. You got to take this information and be with it. You can't take this information that I'm, that I'm giving you guys and live it as the highest truth. If it feels like that in your body, then shit go, girl, live. But if if there's a little bit of skepticism around it, maybe you're, you have a fear of being inspired and you have a fear of being liberated. You have a fear of being okay. That's also another, another piece of the puzzle. And there's also a call to embody this information to dance this information into being yours. Dance this information to being yours, okay? So, important to know, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the, the psychiatrical, psychiatrical, now it became like this theatrical thing. <laughs> it's not what I mean. This psychiatric uh, approach to these inspired states and, um, so hear it with, a, with like grace and openness, you know, we'll get there in a second. Let me just tell you one more thing. Trans states challenge the boundaries of the ego and the rational mind posing a threat to societal norms that prioritize control and conformity leading to their pathologization. Graham St. Jones, anthropologist and author. Now that we have this framework, let's go a little bit deeper, okay? Psychiatric uh, movement took place 19th and 20th century. And through that, it's been very helpful to give name to experiences that weren't named before, okay? It was very helpful to give name to experience that weren't named before. So that's good. Wording the world is good. Okay. Wording the world is good. And it's also fucked. <laughs> so paradox, right? You know, as a teacher, it's my job to always bring you into that space of paradox where two realities can coexist together. And then that will propel you to open a third reality, right? So. <clears throat> When we see someone in a state of trance, oftentimes, because of how we've been socialized, we're scared of it. 
you know, and that fear, what, what is scary, what happens gets named as bad. And if it's bad has to be healed, has to be transformed, has to be resolved. We quickly go into these planes of resolution, but we know that everything just comes to be and falls apart comes to be, comes together and falls apart again. And resolution isn't something that is part of the spiritual path. It's an openness for things to come together and fall away, come together and fall away. That's what we're seeking. You know, Pema Chodron says, the great Buddhist uh, master, soon to be a saint in my view, she says, we are so desperate for resolution. We're so desperate for resolve, but we are worthy of something much bigger much more profound. We're worthy of this ambiguity, this paradoxical state of openness for things to come together and fall apart, come together and fall apart. Because when you think about the things that you consider resolve, are they resolved? You know, are they resolved? Just reflect on that. Like, is there such thing as resolution in our lives? No. Things have just come together for a certain time and then they fall apart and maybe that coming together stays on and sticks for a little while but they fall apart again you know that's just the nature of this reality that we're in everything that's in this realm of existence it's inherently impermanent so the the fact that things come together and fall apart um is and i don't know why i went in this whole rant about it but the oh speaking about the things that we demonize, things, speaking about the things that we are pathologizing and afraid of, all of that stuff. Trance gets categorized in that space because we, we, when we go into a state of trance, we come out changed. And how dare you change so fucking quick, bitch? How dare you go into your shit, be all moping around and all like, and then go into a trance and come out like, I am a fucking legend. I'm going to change the world. How dare you go into that? What do we call that on, on TikTok? Manic. Oh, she's manic again. Oh, she's delusional again. Oh, she's hysterical again. Okay. And that me using the 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 pronoun she her it's because there is someone that we can attribute i i forgot the person's name i was just listening to about this uh the the history of of in the space of trance like that there's a dude a french person who who is like the guy who sort of coined the 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 hysterical thing for women you know and then that kind of like became the the sort of norm to say, oh, women are hysterical, you know, but what if the hysteria was a state of trends? What if the hysteria was a radical choice to stand up for yourself and stand up for the unseen world? What if that, what if that was an actual radical fucking choice to say enough with hierarchical, homophobic, transphobic? What if it was like a choice to say enough with the systems that don't work? And then the man couldn't hear it. So what did they say? Oh, she's unwell. Medicate her, you know. And I'm saying all this so you realize that this information is not, it's not something that I am telling you for the first time. You know this in your body, you know. Oh, she's in her period. She's unhinged. That language is in the space, you know. like. 
I heard somewhere that I think my ex-boyfriend said this to me. Men are obsessed with war because they're participating in an offering, a blood offering to the mother because women can offer blood regularly to earth and man can't. So the way that they offer blood, this is a little bit like texture to here, but just invite the mystical realm into invite the more esoteric view texture, politically correct thing. Totally. No, um, controversial taboo. I know, but I'm like, Oh, that's so interesting way of thinking about it, you know? And, but what happens when men come back from war? You know, they have created such massive devastation, such massive harm. And then they are forever changed, not by the holy acts, but by the destruction, you know. Things to just reflect on, things to just like, I told you this was a, a, a critical analysis into life, okay? So the main thing I want you to know is that trans states when someone could be something today and be something totally different 15, 20 minutes later, that idea that someone could radically change has been pathologized because we are afraid of change. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Can you embody that? Can you live this in your being? Vital information. You are allowed to radically change your life. You're allowed to radically change your perspective about those people who've hurt you. You're allowed to radically change your perspective about yourself. This is what the state of trends offers. You're allowed to radically change everything you want. Your perspective should and can change. The trends offers you that. Okay, so the main reason states of trance in the earlier, in the, in the more recent years have become demonized is because of the psychiatrical, psychiatric movement, which is very helpful, very helpful. And also fixed label to anything is never helpful. Fixed label to anything is never helpful. Becoming your label, never helping. Living by your label as your identity, never helpful. Just knowing all this. And I know there are psychologists in the room. I know there's people that work in that space in the room. I know, and I see you. So we're dancing that dance together, okay? Now, there's also something else to name here, which is the um, what they call enlightenment period or like scientific uh, um, uh, rationalism or scientific revolution in the 17th and um, 17th, 18th centuries, which as far as I'm concerned, it ain't a season of enlightenment, honey, okay? It's a season of like conformity. It's a season of boxes. It's a But also simultaneously a season, a time in human history of beautiful things. Beautiful discoveries, you know. Within that space, what do they focus on? They focus on reason, rationality. They focus on the scientific approach, which means what? Do this to get this. This plus this equals that. 
But in the realm of the mystical, in the realm of the trance, do this plus this it doesn't equal this, girl. It equals something fucking fully unhinged, completely unheard of. And that's scary for people. Are we communicating? Can you hear that? That when you bring your questions into the trance, the answers will not be, why did you just get a haircut and, and tell your boss that you need a raise? No, the answers will be fucking quit that job and tell the boss to fuck off and go spend 10 days in silence in the woods. You know, it's never going to give you just a little something, just a little change. No, when you bring your questions to the trance, into the dance, the answers will never be, why do you just wear red lipstick now? You know, why do you just, you know, do your eyebrows a little different? Why do you just get a new bag? Get a new bag. Get a new bag. Actually, you know what? Why do you get a new car? Get a new car. That's, that's it. That's it. Get a new car. It's never going to be that, but that is what society wants from us. But we are fucking mystical mystics in the making, embodying in the spiritual, which means what? When the 17th, 18th century enlightenment season, the scientific reasoning and na 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 took over the world, you know, he says, you can go into a state of trance. And again, I'm only using the context of the dance into trance, not all the other ways, okay? If, it's, if you can go into it and come out renewed, transformed, wiser, calmer, more patient, legendary, bright, like there's a light inside of you that it doesn't, like nothing's changed physical about you, but you enter the room and it's just like that. How do we put that into a box? How do we name that? How do we conceptualize that? How do we pathologize that? How do we give that a fucking fixed label? We can't. And because we can't, it's scary. So through the, the psychiatrical, psychiatric um, revolution, which is helpful with the uh, enlightenment uh, scientific revolution, 17th, 18th century, and then 19th and 20th century, all that stuff helpful. And for the mystic, for us, we're walking the path of spiritual uh, embodiment of trend states, not helpful, not anymore, not anymore. Okay. Did that lift you up? Was that life affirming for you? Did that like inspire you? If so, honey, then I've got two things to let you in. First, the Somatic Activated Healing Membership. Hey, we are giving you a seven-day free trial, darling. So no excuse, no commitment. Join, you know, taste the magic, practice the magic, enter the trend state for yourself, my darling, and then make a decision. Do I want to stay or not? Up to you. So that's the first thing. Now, the second thing, honey, is saucy, edgy, life-affirming in its own big, big way. The second thing is I want to invite you to consider becoming a certified somatic activated healer. Listen, half of the students who do the training don't necessarily go off to teach. 
They do this deep dive for themselves, for their own well-being. And then, of course, something natural happens where they organically start to share with their partner, their kids, their family members, their friends. And the next thing you know, they're doing their thing. But hey, no pressure there. The, the only invitation today is for you to consider doing a deep dive into the somatic activated healing method. And the teacher training is a profound deep dive because you're going to have to practice a lot of hours in order for you to be able to receive your certification. And look, I'm just going to say it, this might actually completely and utterly change the course of your life. The enrollment is now open for the certification. It's eight weeks Honey, so it's a long time, long enough that we're going to get to know each other very, very deep and very, very, uh, you know, in a really, really beautiful, saucy, sassy way. Listen, class starts August 26th and it goes through October 21st, okay? Um, two ways for you to find the, the link. One, I'm going to read it to you. Or two, you can just go to the show notes and click the link. So here it goes. Uh, SaMethod.com backslash training. So that's SaMethod.com backslash training. And SaMethod is spelled S as in Sam, A as in Adam, H as in Hector, and Method.com backslash training. I love you all, and I cannot wait to see you in the training. Mwah! 